my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone. My name is Julie Turney, and welcome to the HR Sound Off podcast show. I am your host. It's such a great day to be here today to have this conversation because, again, you know how I get excited about HR tech. I'm such a geek. But this is something a little different that I'm bringing to the table for you this week, my beautiful people. We are going to talk about a platform that helps you to amplify DEI in the workplace. And here to have this conversation with me today is Christina Williams. Christina, welcome. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm really thankful that you thought of me um, to have this awesome conversation with, and I'm excited to dive in. I am excited too. And and let me just give the audience a little background as to what made me reach out to you, Christina. So Christina did a post on LinkedIn, which you guys know I live on LinkedIn all day, every day. And Christina made this post with regards to her business, being a Black business owner and a woman um, in the space of diversity, equity, inclusion, but also in the space of tech as a startup and the lack of support that there is in this space for women of color. And because of what she was standing for in terms of helping organizations to become more aware in the DEI space, I was like, nope, there's no way I can let this young lady pass me by. And I don't reach out and say, look, let me help you to amplify your voice on what you're doing on this show. And that's why we're having this conversation today. Right, Christina? Thank you for seeing me, Julie. I see you. Absolutely. So let's get a little bit about you. Who is Christina? And (laughs) what is your why in terms of why you created this platform? Because you're not in the HR space per se, right? You're not an HR professional, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm HR adjacent, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, um, I am a third party service provider to help HR departments with their diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. So um, we're really lucky because we're able to help support many different departments at an organization. Sometimes it's the HR department, other times it's the leadership and development department. Mm -hmm. Some organizations have a diversity, equity, inclusion department specifically. And so all of them either service um, their internal organization independently, or they fall under the HR umbrella. Um, And so, yeah, we're just in a really beautiful position where we're able to kind of come in and tag team with organizations um, to help them meet their their goals as far as what what impact they wanna have um, in the social impact space. Nice, thank you so much for sharing that. So tell, tell me a little bit about your why. What made you decide to create Unpacking? Yeah, so in my experience of working and also going to school, right, I found a lot of parallels in my experiences being a Black person and being a woman. Mm-hmm. And so this intersectional identity of being a Black woman showed that regardless of the environment that I'm in, mm-hmm harm was something that I was susceptible to at a higher rate than some of my peers. And so I saw this as a truth for me at school, at work, Mm -hmm. at the grocery store, right? And so these compounded experiences were really reflective and paralleled to what I was hearing in the aftermath of the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery murders last summer, um, 2020, when we're, of course, in this global uprising for this, like, reckoning to recognize there's a huge problem that is an underbelly in our society, right? And so when a lot of organizations started making public statements around standing in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, 
And then their internal employees were like, no, you don't. I really felt that, right? Like I, I lived that same experience that they had. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that I was in a unique position to do something about it. I hold a master's in teaching, specifically concentrated in critical race studies. Mm -hmm. I also hold a master's in integrated design technology and business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in this position where I'm able to take the academic stuff. And translate it into the business world because I'm trained in both areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I also served as a high school director with Boys and Girls Clubs for like nice. 10 years, yeah. um, the majority of my career, and along with other amazing um, uh, organizations serving teens. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to say I speak fluent Gen Z, um, <laughs> but <laughs> that that like that core component of my career leading up to me working with adults now yeah. is so integral because I have gone through the ringer through fire, right. Working with teens, they will tell yeah. you when your stuff sucks, <laughs> they will tell you, they'll let you know if they're bored. So being able to, um, maximize my skill set yeah. in experiential education, right. Uh-huh having learning process that is that are sticky and like yes. enjoyable uh-huh. um is kind of my sweet spot and so i just nice. have put all of this in practice into what we developed in our gamified learning management system at unpacking nice i'm so proud of you thank you can i just thank say you. that for a moment i'm so proud <sighs> of you i received it receive it well thank done you. well done Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Unpacking. What can people expect when they integrate with your software? Yeah, so Unpacking is a gamified learning management system. I mean, I don't know the last time you took a test, but I know <laughs> I know these like sale multiple choice questions mm-hmm. and these even like the color scheme right like these yeah. grades these like very dull like boring experiences not help the learning process yeah. um so unpacking if you're doing something like a little vocab quiz you got gifs popping up you got emojis mm-hmm. you're actually doing the quiz in a chat bot it's talking back to you like there's this nice. interactive component yeah that is so integral to just making it fun. Like learning doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to suck. Um, We also understand too that we can't learn people skills without interacting with other people. And so there's there's this huge gap in this like online learning space that's focusing so much on the technology and so much on saying, oh, well it's asynchronous and you go watch a video yeah. now you're not a racist yeah what like <laughs> that no. doesn't work it's exactly. not that does work for some things it does work for some things however we're talking about human interactions and we're yeah. talking about building connections and building empathy yes. with peers that we're working with on a daily basis so <laughs> at unpacking we have a hybrid experience where it's once one part um, interactive activities on our e-learning platform mm-hmm. and one part collaborative virtual workshops where you're actually going on a deeper dive with your peers mm-hmm. and an expert facilitator. And so the learning process actually comes because of the design for you to learn through the shared experiences and knowledge exchange of the people that you are actually working with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is these beautiful aha moments where people Mm. recognize that they've got similar historical backgrounds, family experiences, Mm -hmm. um, or different, completely different backgrounds and experiences. Like both of those are valid and powerful. Um, and we're holding space for conversations that either don't happen or doesn't, um, happen effectively like yeah. within an organization and so I just honestly what just keeps me motivated throughout um this this tough journey and just trying to build a company is my participants like our community is just phenomenal and seeing the way the connections and the team building happens and the excitement about being a futurist thinker and creating action plans and doing all of this stuff 
like being able to witness that in real time is just, I don't know, it just brings so much joy to my spirit. And that is my fuel um, to keep, keep building this business. Wonderful. I, like I can see your passion. I could, <laughs> I can see your passion. The audience can't see, but I can see it, <laughs> but I'm sure they can hear it because mm. I see the smile, but I also see the pain and I also see the joy and I yeah. see the struggle. I see it all in you as you put this together. And I think that this is truly amazing. But let me ask you this, Christina. Okay. Yeah. So this is not just a platform for people to engage in. Um, when people, so like, for example, when, when someone says something that's not inclusive, that's disrespectful, mm -hmm. that's racist, and we go, okay, you need to get some DEI training, go, go on to unpacking and, and complete this module. Yeah. It's not about that right right it's more the it's bigger. not is bigger right yes so one very core thing that we do at unpacking is situate vocabulary so everyone's on the same page yeah. about what we're talking about when we're in communication with one another a lot of times you can be in a shared space and have different interpretations about the same thing mm -hmm. um for example i'll give an example if i asked someone on the street, if they can explain the difference between equality and equity, the it's very slim chance that they'd be able to break down the difference. Right. Um, another example is we, we would run these workshops um, called power classes instead of master class. Right. And when we would start the 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 workshop, I'd always have like this opening prompt and say, why do we call this a power class instead of a master class? And some people would say, oh, well, because we want to embrace our power, right? Like we want to like in, um, we want to channel like that, that strength and that agency and our ability like inside of us to make change. And then other people would say, because master is a word that comes from this slave plantations, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's completely different perspectives yeah. that are going on. Uh -huh. And when you're in a shared space, you don't know who is interpreting the same experience, the same language in different ways. And yeah. so we do a lot of work around familiarizing people with vocabulary and applying it to real world scenarios. So if we're analyzing something, we then have to take the vocabulary vocabulary that we've um, explored and say, okay, what is this an example of? Mm -hmm. um, and when I say real world scenarios, I'm talking about uh, viral videos. I'm talking about Twitter threads. I'm talking about screenshots from yes. just our lived experiences. Like these are things that are happening in the world around us. Yes. What has influenced or what does this exemplify and what we're trying to make sense of, right? Um, and then the other component is breaking down what the difference is between interpersonal institutional and system and systemic racism yeah. um when we're thinking about oh that person said something bad right to someone that's an interpersonal experience yeah and then the same the same thing is oh but i know this person and they're really great so that means everyone's great that belongs to this demographic mm -hmm. that's also an interpersonal experience that doesn't um that doesn't qualify the larger experience that's happening within an institution right or that's happening between multiple institutions that creates a systemic problem mm -hmm. and so we just help people understand the relationship on the levels like there's there's levels yes. to this right yes. very layered <laughs> um, yes it's very layered and then the the through line so breaking down historical context is the first step in joining unpacking before we start to go into how we start to solve um for our problems today we first have to understand where we came from right we first have to understand how we got to where we're at we put yeah. that into context and then we start to explore well how does it show itself in today's era it shape shifts we may not see jim crow laws but we do see voting suppression in different um uh, places around yeah. the US, right? Or we see facial recognition software misidentifying people of color, right? Oh my goodness. You know, you see, I like, left coded bias. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Was such like, a huge there's so much work going on right now in mm -hmm. 
us being able to name where racism shows up in our product and service design and our goal at unpacking is to help people be able to identify and name those things. So when they're at the table, they can be that interjector or that catalyst that can say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't ship this. Hey, maybe we shouldn't run this campaign. This ad isn't as representative as it could be, or it's a little racist. Right. Um, Um, and the, and that's, that's a core component of like understanding where we came from, understanding how it shows up today, but then helping people identify that they are a futurist designer and helping them get into a futurist mindset Mm -hmm. so that they feel the collective responsibility in redesigning what tomorrow looks like. Just because yesterday was that way doesn't mean tomorrow has to be that way. And so powerful. It's just this, this beautiful journey in, um, I think I really look at it as like, it's a healing process. Yeah. I also want to just state that unpacking's core curriculum is anti-racism. Mm-hmm. However, we have six core modules. So including anti-racism, we also, um, take people through a journey of LGBTQ rights and gender rights, disability rights, sustainability, product inclusion, and people are able to scale their learning by doing different certifications in these different topic areas, focusing on one core um, subject matter at a time before they move on to the next. Yeah, I love that because I think that it's important that I think a lot of people get caught up in this fact in this thinking that DEI is just about race or it's just about LGBTQ, but DEI is about so much more than that. It's about intersectional. Yes. It's about classism. And the one thing that I find that a lot of people don't talk about is like body shaming. And that's also a part Mm, of Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion, right? That's all a part of that process. How do you treat people who are, who are curvy like me? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I have no desire to be skinny. Um, mm-hmm. I love my curves and I embrace my curves. Um, I just want to be healthy, right? Yeah, that doesn't mean that's that the component. Skinny isn't healthy, right? Skinny yeah. doesn't mean healthy. And I think a lot of times how we define a body type is, yeah. is something that causes again that stigma around who do I want to work with me versus who do I don't, who I don't want to work with me. You know what I mean? You know what I, I love about what you just said is um, we focus on showing the relationship between diversity, equity, and inclusion and health yeah. at unpacking. Mm-hmm. So emotional, psychological, physical health. Mm-hmm. And so for example, something in our gender rights um, certification training, there would be, um, process like survey processes where you're analyzing what does healthy look like for you. Right. And like, where do you certain, um, perceptions show up for you and your own identity about others, but also about yourself and like, how has, um, our society conditioned us to understand, um, how to understand, what we consider to be healthy, what we consider to be beautiful, how that impacts our emotional, psychological state. How does that end up? How, how does that influence how we show up in, in these shared spaces? And like, it's a direct correlation to, um, yeah, like what you're saying. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. This is so amazing. Like there's so many wheels turning in my head that we will talk about when we finish this recording, but <laughs> so many wheels turning in my head about like the possibilities for you and the connections for you and like yeah. help like seeing this grow. Like I, I see so much um, potential here. And like, I know that our audience as they listen, um, the many people who listen to this, this podcast show are HR professionals. And so I know that they, they are going to want to tap into you and what you're offering to help them as they extend and, um, their DEI um, plans and strategies in their organizations. Yeah. So, but I can't begin to say enough, like I said, how proud I am of you for sticking out. Uh, what are some of the big challenges? Like, 
what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had um, creating this product and, and getting it out there? What, are, what have been your challenges as a woman of color? Okay. I'm going to start with the initial challenges. So, ooh, we had a lot of, it's a lot of things popping in my head. Okay. I know. <laughs> Let it out. Okay. Let it out. First, I'm going to start with internally. Yes. And then I'm going to start with the um, customer relationship. Yes. And then I'm going to go to the like investor relationship. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Internally, I launched unpacking in the midst of a whole global reckoning after someone from my community, my cultural community mm-hmm. was murdered, George Floyd. Yeah. And more videos continue to come out within this, this, this time frame um, around Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, yeah. Jacob Blake, over and over and over, right? Now, what also was occurring was this was almost 10 years now of viral videos of people from my cultural community, my ethnic, my racial community being digitally lynched on our media platform. So I'm seeing this over and over and over throughout this time um, in my education space. I also had uh, an artist hat and I worked a lot with the families of police brutality victims. I worked with the um, families, the mothers of, uh, of Eric Garner, of Oscar Grant, of Mario Woods, right? Mm -hmm. We've got Mike Brown. Like there's so many, Sandra Bland, like that over and over. I have been in very intimate spaces with these families. I have seen the pain and the emotion raw. And what Tamir Rice, that one, that one hit me. That one hit me really hard because like I said, I come from background and working with edu- with teeny boppers. Yeah. And this is a little 12 year old boy. Mm. And I remember that day so distinctly because I was in a lift on the way to work and it was a carpool. And I get a notification on my phone that says the people, the police officers that murdered weren't going to be indicted. And my heart just sunk and I gasped. I was like such a loud and emphatic gas that gas that everyone in the car like turned and looked at me was like are you all right and I was the only black person in the car and like I was just silent and just like tears were just coming down my face and I had to like gather myself and then go into work with my babies who look just like him Mm. and you know not one person at my work asked me if I was okay that day, like there was no like cultural competency. There was no um, awareness that this societal thing was now impacting me personally. Yeah. And then how is that impacting me and how productive I can be at work that day? Yeah. Right. Like there's this disconnect and I'm telling that story because it, it comes full circle into the launch of unpacking yeah. is me recognizing how these societal harms are influencing our personal being, our well-being, our health, our emotional, our psychological, our physical health. And what occurred for me when I first launched Unpacking was I'm in a position as a leader, as an educator, helping people that have opted in to come into a learning space with me for me to teach them about anti-racism because that's the yeah. core training we launched with. So I'm talking about the historical context of both my cultural community and the other cultural communities in the context of the United States. But we were focused on anti-blackness because that was the hot, you know, yeah. um, topic um, in the urgency at that time. We've now um, designed for a full, a full spectrum of, um, of identity around Mm anti-racism. However, we were focused on Mm anti-blackness. 
And what was happening for me was I was coming into these spaces, holding space for other people, being vulnerable, teaching about harms, intergenerational harms towards my people and trying to create positive outlooks for like, we can make the change. Right. And I would get off these calls and the television is bombarded with media around more traumatic images and disappointments and Instagram posts, right? Yeah. This is how all the black squares, this is how you be anti-racist, all this, all this uh, information on all these disparate websites all over the place, just this continuation of, um, of, trauma that you couldn't get away from. Yeah. And what was also happening for me is I was struggling with insomnia Mm -hmm. and I literally could not sleep through the night because I had fears that someone would break into my home and murder me. Mm -hmm. Like what happened to Breonna Taylor. I felt that because I was in the position of trying to help educate people about these topics Mm -hmm. that now I have a target on my back and someone's going to try to hurt me. Mm. And so depression, insomnia, anxiety, I would say even paranoia. Right. Um, And I'm putting on face going into my trainings, holding space for people coming from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had no clue what was going on with me personally behind the scenes. Yeah. So that's one aspect of my, my personal. Now I'm going to talk about the community, two experiences, two, two types of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, one experience having people hypercritical Mm. and hyper um, demoralizing in certain, certain regards, like saying, saying little comments or, um, or not saying things. I think like silence is deafening can be be deafening. Um, I can give an example. Yeah. Just um, having, having my identity like question. And I'll say this in terms of I'm known for my joy. Workplaces aren't always known for joy. No. Um, and one of the things that has kept uh, the unpacking community growing and has kept uh the experience of unpacking being a huge differentiator to what's in the market is the fact that it's actually enjoyable for people to, to be in our space for our learning process. Um, However, some folks that are so conditioned by this like factory mentality, this like workplace found Mm -hmm. it appropriate to call me unprofessional because I was too joyful for them. Wow. And that actually that like, that's something that I had like, seen in different parts of my career just like well she's so bubbly or she's so smiley or she's so loving like how can she be professional or how can she be serious yeah I don't know maybe all my degrees <laughs> in <this> space, <laughs> man, I don't know right like, yeah. like, just drop that on you right like maybe yeah. maybe all the field experience that I've had maybe if you have an intellectual conversation with me you can see I can smile at you and still set you straight around yes. what um components are that mm-hmm. um that is coming back from the academic space or coming from the business space. Cause I got all of it in here yeah. if you give it a chance. Right. So anywho, um, recognizing that just like as a new business, mm-hmm. it is you're piloting things, you're putting stuff together. First and foremost, there was an incident that happened in society. There was an, a harmful incident that happened in society and there was an urgent immediate need to create a solution and an action to help, to help it. Yeah. And so there was a very short time span to create curriculum very, very quickly yep. to create what the interactions are going to look like just to create anything. Yeah. I literally was running, I was running a, another tech company as uh, another startup prior to unpacking. Right. And George Floyd was murdered. And within 
one week, I put that past company on pause and completely launched a new company. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm piloting things. It's new. I'm iterating. Yeah. Things aren't the best. They're not the greatest. No. But I had a community of people that that recognized that this was something that was necessary. And I, what I'm trying to say is just like, as a business owner, like you're going to have people that are saying like, oh, your shit like sucks, right? Like that's going to be part of it at the beginning. And then you're, but it's a learning process, yeah. right? There's context, recognize, recognize your own context. Like yeah. my context was something just happened. I just put something together and I'm building and I'm like, I'm learning and building. So anywho, what I wanted to move from that point is, is saying that there were comments and things that were made to me that were very hurtful to me. Yeah. And I was being, I was putting myself in a very vulnerable position in doing this work um, and showing up and people were not kind. Some people, however, there's this other component where I have the most amazing, vibrant, committed community of unpackers. Like I, I, I personally have, um, have not seen people come out of trainings and they want to continue to be in community with one another in the ways I've witnessed at unpacking. I mean, I have so many alumni from my program that have come back and become contractors with us, like want to work for the company. You know what I mean? Um, and I've seen the evolution from point A to point B to point C. And now we're a year and a half old. We're still a baby company, but there's been so much evolution and learning and iteration and growth just within this time. And the people that have seen the development over this short period, um, has just been a huge driving force for, for the light and like, it's just bettering everything from the curriculum. We have a whole learning management system. When I launched unpacking last year, I was using other um, services online. I was scrapping together, like let's use a little bit of teachable and Miro and like put these things together. I now own my own software company. I am a black woman that has their own software company now because I didn't give up. You know what I mean? I didn't let naysayers or whatever. I knew I had a vision and I was putting, I was duct taping and super gluing things behind the scenes to make it work for the time being. But it got me to the point where Beyonce granted us a grant where we got accepted into tech stars and got investment from them, where we got accepted into higher ground labs and got investment from them. And now I'm in this position where I have so many enterprise clients that are in our pipeline. And it's because I recognize that the experience that my community was having was a valid, good experience and change behavior change was actually occurring. Yes. Yes. I want to, I want to see this last point. So I I talked about my personal, right. The emotional, psychological stressors that I went through. I talk about these, these dual realities, dual truths that are going on and just getting started, just trying to get the business off the ground. Right. Because those things can be very discouraging. It can be very like, well, dang, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like Mm -hmm. that feeds into your imposter syndrome and like, damn, I suck. Right. But no, you don't, you're given a vision for a reason. And like, you're, it's like if a doctor gave you prescription glasses, that has your prescription for your vision. If someone yeah. else puts on your glasses, they don't go, not they're gonna not going to be able to see, nope. right? Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. not their prescription. Yeah. So like I had to believe in the vision that I was given and thank God I did. And thank God I had the community that like was so encouraging because now like, I, can't, I can't wait to see what we do in 22. Like I, I got ideas. I can't I got wait. ideas about what we're rolling out in 22, but like who, who knows um, yes. what, what's on the horizon? Because God, um, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do we'll, it. We'll only do it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but this other component also, um, that I talked about in that the viral video and in the Forbes article is that 
now on this, this business side is like, okay, now I'm building a tech company. Now I'm looking for investment. Now I'm talking to investors, trying to scale something to have a larger impact. Mm-hmm. And there's this co- component that comes back to me being a black person, being a woman and being in this space where investors can take, not can take, have taken um, liberties in being inappropriate, right? Like asking me if I have a boyfriend during pitches, sliding in my DMs, oh. if we're in person, maybe the hug is too long, right? Yeah. You know, when that hug doesn't yeah. feel like, Ling- yeah, that lingering, mm-hmm. um, touching my butt, oh. like just abhorrent experiences. I've had peers share stories about having to walk away from deals because investors were propositioning them and saying, um, essentially you have to sleep with me if you want this money. Yeah. And like, there is this disgusting reality yeah. that comes behind the scenes of not just being passionate and credentialed to run your business, to build yeah. your business. But there's this layer of respect that isn't afforded in the same ways that many men receive. Um, and it's, it's tough. And like having to be in a position where you're trying to build something that is impacting society for the better. Meanwhile, in trying to build that thing, you are being harmed by the very ills that <laughs> harm society, right? right? Yeah. The experiences of white supremacy showing up, the experiences of patriarchy showing up um, is very, very real. And I, and I want to be very vocal about those realities because when you see these overnight successes, they're not overnight successes. There's so many things that are going on behind. And it's not just the business stuff. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not just what's happening internally in the business. Yeah. Like, yes, obviously we're, we're hard workers and any business owner is going to yeah. work hard to build their thing. But like, there's so many other components that, that are reflective of just the, um, the tensions we have, we have in society and we have to do better. The yeah. irony of me experiencing these things and I'm literally building a diversity and inclusion company is just like, <laughs> You know, you brought, you brought something to mind for me that my grandmother always used to say. My grandmother what always used to say, be careful. Don't don't look at comparing yourself to what other people are doing or how they're getting mm-hmm. what they're getting. She mm-hmm. would always say, like, be careful looking at how you don't know what wings people are flying in or what wings mm-hmm. they're flying with, right? So mm-hmm. you don't know what they're doing to get where they're where they're getting. Yeah. Just focus on you doing yeah. what you need to do and getting where you need to get to in yeah. the most authentic way that you possibly can. Like my grandmother instilled that in me from very young. Because don't watch those other people. You don't know whose wings they're flying with. You don't know how they're getting things done. Yeah. Just do you, you know? Just do you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I love your grandmother for saying that. And those mm-hmm. are words that I'm definitely embodying and, and living by yeah. um in in these days wonderful i wish you um christina and unpacking all the very best i like i said we have a lot to talk about um <laughs> we definitely do but i thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience to share the products and services that you're creating being a young woman of color creating a tech startup that is nothing short of amazing. And having people like um, Beyonce and others behind you, that's huge. That says a lot about you and who you are and how much you believe in this. Um, to bring something to this space, to make the, wor- the world that we're working and that we living so much better because mm-hmm. so many horrible things have happened um, over the years that you know just make it so hard to bear. But knowing that you exist and what you are doing um, for us to make the world of work and the world we live in a better place just makes it so much easier to stand. So you keep standing. Thank you, Julie. You Thank going. you. <laughs> I wish you all the best. So let me ask you this. What are you reading, yeah. watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy? 
Um, I'm reading Building for Everyone, which is written by Annie Jean-Baptiste. It's a, it's a book talking about product inclusion. I'm a nerd, y'all, so. How do we design inclusive products? Like, yeah, product inclusion is, like, all my jam right now. Yeah. I, like, design justice. Like, there's um, uh, so many books around, like, algorithms and just understanding how the product and service design fields can have a better future that has a standard of equity. And so that's my jam. That is totally what I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm reading consistently right now. Um, but also because at unpacking, we're training people on these subjects. Like we're, we're, um, we're finalizing our product inclusion certification right now. And so people will be able to come to unpacking and get certified in how to design from an equitable lens. Um, What I'm listening to Brene Brown podcast all day, every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh Like the topics are just so interesting and her guests are just such a variety of lived experiences and knowledge. And I just, there's so much to soak up. Um, I also, what was the, what was the other one? watching watching oh what am I watching oh girl my detoxes are like all the real housewife like real housewife of Atlanta uh <laughs> real housewife of Potomac yes I think it's, I want this is a very important part of this conversation actually because <laughs> I think it's a very important um necessity to have a detox right like yes. you can't be like all fight the power all no. day you need to have a release um, and I get so much joy, um, uh, from like entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah. yeah. That's my, that's my entertainment. Me watching, me coming like from a long day, being able to eat my little snacks and turn on my little ratchet television. Like <laughs> there's nothing better than that for me. <laughs> Goals. That <laughs> sounds so Wendy Williams of you. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is absolutely it. <laughs> I totally, totally get it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let me ask you this last question. Yeah. What is the biggest, um, well, usually I would ask like, what's the biggest misconception about HR that you want to set the record straight on? But but what has been your experience in interacting with HR, especially now that you are working so closely with HR professionals? Yeah. What has been the biggest experience that has opened your eyes a little bit to what HR professionals experience and what it's like to work with them? Yeah. Um, I have two personal experiences that, that are popping up in my head, Mm -hmm. um, that brought together real reality, um, as far as the employer end, or sorry, not the employer end, the employee Employee. end. Uh Um, one was I had a, I had a, a supervisor that, touched me inappropriately when I had first started the job. It was offsite. It was like at like a team building, like, oh, we're just hanging out. Um, like the team right. was having like a bonding thing. Mm-hmm. But my supervisor got drunk and he had like touched my waist and touched like my like hips and like bottom in ways that didn't make me feel comfortable. And it was like he was doing it to other people throughout that thing. I was young and new to the workforce. I didn't actually know about HR. I didn't know right. about reporting. I didn't know about all of these things. And so I also didn't, right. This is also, I think, very important around people entering the workforce, which is why I'm packing is actually going to be building. Um, we're building a course on what to expect um, in organizational cultures. So people coming out of college can know what their options are and how to navigate and what to expect also around like how does racism show up how does sexism show up etc um side note um i didn't know how to respond i didn't have a voice at that point in my career either like all these different Mm. factors were influencing yeah what i was able to do and what i ended up doing was keeping my desk in a separate um, part of 
our building, like they wanted all of like the directors to um, work within like the center office. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay in my teen center. Like I feel more comfortable over there. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was people thought that I was standoffish. People thought that I was like self-isolating and that yeah. I, we now like didn't want to communi- commune with everyone, but it was like, I didn't feel comfortable being that close and proximate to me right. with yeah. in that environment. Anywho, I, when I, I remember when I left, I sent, um, an email to a, who I thought was the right person. Cause again, no one informed me about HR and like who yeah. to contact. Um, I think it was maybe like one of our operations people. And like, I shared like, Hey, this was my experience. This is what happened. Da, 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 da. And when I saw a couple of months later that that same person now had a job at our national organization, like had been promoted. It was a very like, all right. Right. Now there's, um, this other experience that I had where I had witnessed something at an organization that was, that was actually unprofessional, um, for the employee and they're putting students in harm's way. Mm. And I reported it and the person that I was reporting was a really, really good friend of like the CEO of like the, the president, sorry, the president of um, the organization that I was at. And like, this person was drunk. This person was like drunk on site around our students. (laughs) Like, um, and I reported it and I explained like all these things that I saw like with the person and I saw that I ended up getting in trouble for, I don't remember what it was, but like something like nothing happened to that person. But then I remember, but then like a um, few months later, I saw, I felt that there were things that were like retaliated against me. And that was, again, and that was early in my career. And I was like, Oh, that was kind of, I, I, I was like, I felt that dang, like, I, they weren't asking me to um, share, to report, go and talk to this HR person because they wanted um, me to feel supported. Right. They were trying to get um, insight or intel to, uh, to use against this like larger, I don't know, issue, I don't, whatever it was. Yeah, but, and exactly. so like, it was this eye-opening experience. It was just like, I'm not protected here. I'm not safe here. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to share this because a large part of why we built unpacking is to address some core issues. And the core issues are that we see that 84% of turnover is caused by diversity, equity, and inclusion failure. So people are actually leaving their jobs in this great resignation because they're not feeling seen in a sense of belonging um, within their organizational cultures. But what we're also saying is that 70% of employees don't trust HR departments. And that is a startling statistic. And what ends up happening is when people don't trust their HR teams, what ends up happening is they go and try to seek support online or they go to vent online. And then that can come back and be a huge PR disaster for an organization. Um, The statistics also that think that's important with that through line is 90% of HR teams are white. So when we think about 70% of employees don't trust HR teams, there's a disconnect also because of the demographic makeup and the cultural competency. You can be good at your job, but cultural competency is different than your intellectual knowledge. It's a currency that is designed from traditions, language, customs that can't just be taught. It has to be lived. And so there's, there again, is that through line between my personal experience and understanding the statistics of what, um, what we're seeing in society right now and seeing like there's a parallel. And so that's, that's the driving force of like, cool, help me, let me help in providing solutions. Mm. For example, within the unpacking community within our, our member space of having forums, having workshops, having holding space where people can come and talk and vent and share and exchange resources and get advice from one another in this this contained space 
it supports the HR department. It supports the organization because it's not happening outline, on, yes. online into the outer world where everyone can see. It's within yeah. this, like, within hey, this we all have this commitment. Right. Yeah. Contained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's it, girl. That's me. That's, That's that. A lot. <laughs> yeah. This has been I'm a out here great. trying to make it work, making all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. And you're trying to save a, the world. <laughs> and you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I want to thank you once again for taking the time to be here and share this information with my audience um, and, and, and community at large. Um, any last words, any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience before we go? And then can you also tell us, like, how can we contact you or engage in unpacking services? Awesome. Um, the thing that I would want to share with everyone is to keep unpacking it. Keep unpacking, right? We have to step into our vulnerageous selves and speak up when we're timid to speak up and to do something when we're timid to do and make any action. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these baby steps in the individual experience adds to the collective um, experience. And so all of these one-off, moments that we have in our personal lives adds to creating a collective good for everyone um, in the long run. So just keep unpacking y'all. People can stay in contact with us at um, Mm unpacking.co and you can email us at hello at unpacking.co. I can also be found online at Christina X Will. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-X-W-I-L-L. That's my social media handle on all of the things. Mm -hmm. And our uh, unpacking social media handle is unpacking underscore co. And then, yeah, we are here to support individuals and organizations. So if you're looking for a diversity, equity, and inclusion training where you can learn through an experiential, gamified, collaborative experience, come check us out. We are happy to support um, your team and we're happy to support you. We, we're here to make the world a better place. And our community is lit. Like, <laughs> it's, a fun, it's, a, yeah. it's a great community to be a part of. We have, we share jobs with one another, another, another. We have um, just beautiful pick-me-ups throughout each week. It's just, it's, it's an awesome, awesome okay. space. <laughs> Sounds great. It really does. Thank you so much um, once again, Christina, for taking the time. Um, And we wish you and Unpacking all the very best, continued success. And to my audience, um, everyone listening to this episode, I would say definitely if you are struggling with trying to figure out how you're going to move from insight to action on DEI, you definitely need to check out Christina and Unpacking. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.